DJ, PK, and Craig Bolojack joining us now. TV voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview presented by University of Utah Health, trusted healthcare provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys, you awake? Uh, <laughs> you had to get a wake-up call. <laughs> Joe. I really hope they trade Joe. <laughs> I miss Joe. He doesn't miss me, but I miss Joe. I do. I don't miss him. <laughs> Yeah, he's driving around, tells you guys to kick it into high gear. We were talking college football, Pac-12, scheduling college football playoff, and I think we just bored him within an inch of his life. He yeah. wants the basketball talk you're about to provide. Before we talk to you about your Kansas City Chiefs, because we're going to talk some NFL in this segment. But right first, on. but first, the NBA playoffs, the Lakers are now – up uh, a game on Miami. They are 13-3 and in the postseason. How much did they have it kind of in cruise control during the regular season? Are they really this much better than the rest of the NBA? Because so far, nobody's been able to take two games off them in a playoff series, and there's nothing that happened in Game 1 that suggests Miami's about to. Maybe they will, but we didn't see anything in Game 1 that said, oh yeah, that's going to happen. No, that, Miami early, I thought, you know, looked uh, more comfortable in uh, the title, uh, you know, series against the Lakers in game one. And then all of a sudden the Lakers, cool and calm, just, you know, chipped away. Big three-point shots. Uh, that was the, the – that's what amazes me. I mean, Joe has that ability to do the same thing. Knock down a three, hit another one, the Jazz catch fire, and it's amazing the impact – and the power of the three ball in the NBA, and the Lakers just kind of erased an early Miami lead, and boom, uh, they took control. Plus, you had a couple of injuries with Miami last night, <clears throat> Bam and Dragic. So, you know, I I don't think there's panic with LeBron. How could there be? This is his tenth NBA final, and I, I just think it's just just a for him. Yeah, he feels the energy, but it's different in the bubble, obviously. Uh, but for me, watching him, there was just no panic, cool, calm, collected. I've been here before. Anthony Davis, this is why you came to L.A., and you know, they just dominated last night on, on the boards, especially the three-point line and the free-throw line. They, they pretty much had their way. Well, I still think pound for pound, Magic Johnson was the best player in the league, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Debate. <laughs> think about this. What Magic had to do, and LeBron doesn't have to do this, Jordan didn't have to do this, is that he knew that he was the best player. But he had to acquiesce to Abdul-Jabbar to make sure he got the best out of them. LeBron and Jordan, and I just, my voice got higher when I got so excited about it. LeBron and Jordan, both those guys, everybody had to acquiesce to them. They never really had to play a role. You cater to me. Magic had to cater to a moody, brooding superstar. And he did it to the tune of five titles. Yeah, forget it. Whatever pound for pound you want, I'm taking Magic. And you all can do whatever you want. You just don't think Stockton at six foot one, 175, all-time steals and assist leader, and allegedly PK, the dirtiest player to ever play in the NBA, pound for pound, pound for pound. <laughs> the true point guard, by the way. Magic played all five. Pure, 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 pure. The key is pure. <laughs> Just a little side thing for Joe Ingles. I'm now bored and low energy, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm just going to plead guilty right now. 
Have you, have you lost this. your energy now? I have. We're just. All right, I got a better ground. question this is, for this you. This is a segment from 2003 on this exact frequency. I can't believe it. Yeah, but we're talking about LeBron here. Oh, okay, so. fine. I'm back. I'm back there. Okay. Let's go. I got, I got a better question for you. So we see Miles Leonard knee, or stands up, right? Right. And two Heat players to each side embrace his calf because they're kneeling. So put the, everywhere I go in the community, people are talking. I went and got yogurt the other night, and a guy, uh, you may even know him, lives in the community. He has a membership at Willow Creek. He keeps saying he's going to invite me, and he said if I called him out on the radio one more time, he'd invite me. So I'm calling him out right now. And he's right. telling me, I, I just can't watch the NBA. It's too political, blah, 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 blah. And obviously he's approaching it from the conservative point of view, which he yep. has every right to approach it from that point of view, right? If he wants – and he's telling me he's going to vote for Donald Trump, good for him. He's got the right to do it. I don't think that you're going to hell if you vote for whoever you vote. Either guy, you can vote for whoever you want. i got no problem with either. Uh, so – but I've been getting this. I mean, I've literally been getting it at the gym – uh, and I, at the yogurt stop down the hill here where I live, uh, I got it just just two nights ago. So I put on the question, you know, what do you think about uh, Myers Leonard standing up? And that's the way he's going to address the national anthem. He's going to stand up. And so many folks saying, well, I'm done with the NBA, blah, 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 blah. They don't present the other side. Well, I'm here to say that that is the other side, and the NBA actually embraced it, and his team actually embraced it. The two players who were both African-American on both sides of him put their hands around his leg as a show of solidarity, which means they embraced it. So you can say that they're giving you one side, one slant, but actually this one, it was sort of a trick trick question because I knew the answers we could get, but this way they're actually supporting what he did. PK, it's a free country, as you uh, eloquently just stated. And you know what? Everyone is going to express themselves or vote the way they want, right? No matter what you do. Look, the NBA supports their players. Applaud that. Uh, The players then decide how they want to make uh, their message uh, and how they go out on a nightly basis on the floor and – express it and Myers Leonard like you said he stood the guys still say they didn't shun him as you mentioned they actually said okay we respect the way that you want to approach this and actually as they knelt grabbed him uh and showed that hey look you're not you are a part of this team and we we respect your decision I mean there's a big lesson here Uh, people want to turn this off or turn uh turn away from the discussion, you know, and talking to Big T during our playoffs and during those 17 games at the arena that we called, you know, I really asked questions and I got answers. And, you know, some of the answers you don't like, uh, but I think you have to be at least open enough to at least listen. And that's, you know, look, I've lost followers on Twitter, you know, and I don't know how you know, and the dis- people don't like the discussion, but I think you have to listen. And, you know, that's what everybody did in the bubble. That's what they're doing now. It's evolved some, and for Leonard to stand and his teammates actually 
grab a calf, a leg, and say, look, man, you do your thing, we're doing ours, that tells me a lot. Maybe there's movement. Maybe there's in the sense of listening. Maybe there's a dialogue that's being made. I mean, it's it's tiresome because I hear the same thing, PK, everywhere I go. I'm done. I'm not listening. I don't care. And, you know, I just try to engage in why. And it's it's an amazing thing of the answers that you get back. You know, I do think there will always be uh, division, discord, disagreements, whatever other D word I guess we can come up with there. Uh, getting into alliteration here. Uh, but I think that when people stop with the theoretical discussion, the words and the symbols are divisive, but the work is unifying. You yeah. know, there are people in the bubble, players. I mean, there are as many players in the bubble now, right? But there are players, some said education reform, some on the back of the jersey said vote, right? We know Joe Ingles had ally on the back. Well, like, if you're raising money for scholarships to send disadvantaged kids to school, I think there's people of different political parties, people who vote for different candidates, people who go to different churches, maybe people who don't go at all, who suddenly find they have common ground working on that. You know, and people who are uh, working with kids who are in a really tough spot, who are in the system, um, foster care, adoption, right? We know PK can talk about that. There right. are people out registering people to vote. Um, I mean, there's a whole long list of things we can go, f- go through, right? And when you start doing that, then I think a lot of the anger melts away and you start, okay, we have this in common and working on this, and you don't notice the other stuff. But as long as we stay at the symbolic word era, I think we're just going to stay very divided. The words and the symbols mean different things to different people, and we're talking past each other. Yeah. You know, the thing, too, uh, that, and you all three of us have been in this business a long time, and it's, it's definitely has been a transformation of just give me the sports, give me the highlights, give me the scores. Well, what we're doing, the three of us right now, is what many tell me they don't want to hear. And that is the discussion and their sports. Sports and politics cannot overrun each other. And I try to explain, too, times have changed because those playing the sports are engaged in in a situation that impacts their lives, and it's the stage that gives them an opportunity to express themselves. But Many tell me they don't want the stage to be used as a messaging center. So that's part of this issue as well, is the blending of sports and politics. And that seems to be the driving force that everybody that comes up to me and says, no, nah, I can't do it. I said, you know, it's, it, it, you have to understand these men, you know, have a message and they have a, a need and a concern and there are issues, but they don't want it to blend against uh, each other. I find that intriguing that you can't be open enough to have a discussion. And granted, it is sports and it is politics, but in this country today, uh, that's just what has happened. And it's, in my opinion, and you can disagree, and I know many do, is that you have to stand back and just take a breath and listen and have a discussion. But, you know, you make an interesting point too, DJ, is that the, the, the BLM, the Black Lives Matter logo, has been an issue for many. Uh, you know, in fact, Fox 13 uh, had the story, the letter that was sent to, to the Jazz uh, by the, the, the steel company who uh, decided to back off of their suites because of that. Um, and there's many who feel it and there's many who support. And I don't know where we're going from here, but I hope progress. That's that's all I can say. I hope there's progress made. Well, when you look at even 
I assume, I, I don't remember, during the 60s when they were protesting and all in the Vietnam stuff, who was doing most of the protesting? It was young people. Well, who are these NBA players? Yeah. This is the, yeah. Donovan Mitchell right now is sort of finding himself. You know, he grew up in affluence. He went to private schools, and he talked about going on the weekends and living court, sort of a double life. So he's finding himself, and he's young, and his voice is being heard. In a way, that's sort of natural. Now, he has a much higher platform than most of us do. But really, that's what everybody does at that age. Um, and he does it well. I mean, from my seat, uh, I, I think he's been, you know, well-spoken. He's made his points. Some disagree. He's stood by his, his thoughts, PK, his feelings, his uh, is is a desire for change, and I think the community and most you know, and I, you, know you read posts and you you, know, you get on uh, you know social media and there's I think there's more that support Donovan that than do not, and the team I think is an important part of it too. He's a leader. I mean you know Joe and 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 Donovan and uh, you know what Mike Conley brings and Gobert. I mean th- those guys get it. And I think, you know, for Joe, if he's listening, you know, I salute him for just putting an ally on the back. Look, he didn't have to make a huge statement because as being white, yes, Australian, but, you know, he just wanted to stand with his team and say, look, I, I'm with you. I get it. And, you know, I respect that. And everybody had a different, you know, opportunity to choose a slogan. And I think everyone did right in the bubble, 22 teams. Now there's two. And, Everyone had a, a reason to make a statement or to, to speak their mind of this situation. It's difficult, man. To I don't know what I would put on my back. Really, I would say harmony, listen, uh, discuss, something of that nature. Um, but it is we're in a difficult time right now, and I just hope that you know, like I said before, I hope some you know the people stand back, listen, and try to let the anger uh, fall off their shoulders and just take some time to to, to listen to the issues. So, Bowler, you, in the football world, are in the good old days. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching uh, baseball and then flipping around during one of the 27 pitching changes and hit an NFL Films documentary uh, honoring the champions or something like that. And to set up how great the Super Bowl was for the Chiefs, they went through all the playoff disappointments. Since Len Dawson won Super Bowl four with the Chiefs, right? And right. I'm sitting there watching that thing, and I, I know actually know multiple Chiefs fans, which I find to be weird. But I know that this is basically your life. This is basically yes. your fandom, and yes. that all these defeats and collapses and frustrations and a horrible throw by Eldis Gerbach, and it was all gonna. And now it's happening. And 50 years. 50 years in right. the making, by the way. Yes, 50 years. 1970 Super Bowl and the 2020 Super Bowl. Literally 50 years between their two Super Bowls. And so they win the title. They start 3-0. They are on TV every week. You live in a different time zone, and you can watch your Chiefs every week on a different network. I mean, it's supposed to be CBS because they have the AFC, but they're so popular and playing so many primetime games. I think we only get like nine Chief games this year, right? Because they're on primetime all the time. And I'm wondering, 
Sports is really important when you're young, but when you get deep into the business, do you enjoy it the way you thought you would when you were going through all those frustrations? Is it more business? Do you get lost in your childhood and flashbacks? What is it like right now? Because your team is literally, uh, and they may get dragged down, but right now they're on the top of the mountain. Right. They're there. Well, you have to explain that I I went to every game as what I call a Wolfpack member. I had a little red um, uh, windbreaker. And for $5, I was able to go to the end zone seats while my parents sat on the other side of the stadiums in a little better seating, by the way. Uh, But I still went and sat by myself and just took it in. Took it in as a kid. And then when Kansas City won against uh, Joe Cap and the Vikings in 1970, uh, Super Bowl IV. Remember, they played in Super Bowl I against Lombardi and the Packers and lost. So I'm a really young guy, but that's, I think, is the beauty of sport. You make your mark usually with the team you follow and love as a young, a young fan, and that's exactly how I fell into this. And, yes, uh, since that point in time, and it tells you my age, but how young I started, uh, but what I always followed with the Kansas City Chiefs from day one, even through Schottenheimer. And Joe comes from 49er land after the Niners said his elbow was shot. And Marcus Allen, they got to the AFC Championship game and blew it. Uh, Schottenheimer, I think 10 years, you know, coached the Chiefs. And there was so much hope that they would return to greatness. And then, you know, then there was a huge letdown. I mean, just coach after coach, quarterback after quarterback that, that rolled in there. The only, you know, the Nigerian nightmare, you know, Christian Okoye came in and that was kind of a, a lift because, you know, he was such a powerful, dominant running back. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of wide receivers. Uh, tight ends weren't really a big part of what they're doing now with Kelsey. And, but, you know, the bottom line is to it is coaching and, and a quarterback who believes in the system. And luckily, you know, that's what dynasties are built from. The Steelers, the 49ers, I mean, the Cowboys in their day, uh, they've been looking for the right guy too, right, in Dallas, America's team. And right now, the Chiefs just happen to be the team in the NFL that actually has uh, one of the most dominant quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and a, a coach that everybody knows in Andy Reid. Plus, the other part of that, 2PK, weapons. Wow. Speed um, on the corners, a, a tight end that that uh, just seems to have his way uh, underneath. And that's fun to watch. Defensively, they're good, but... Their offense really is just a dynamic right now. They can pretty much do what they want with Mahomes running the show, the reads defensively, and the weapons that he has, and the way that he uses them. No one's mad because everybody touches the football on a given Sunday or Monday. I'm having fun. Yeah, good for you. I still think magic pound for pound. <laughs> I love you, PK. Who's your all-time NBA starting five? My all-time? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's start with Stockton at the point. Let's put Magic at the two. Uh, Wait a minute. Where are you putting Jordan? uh, The five. (laughs) As Bob Knight said, wherever he wants to be. Yeah, wherever wherever Jordan tells me he wants to play on that given night, you know? I mean, you got the all-time leading scorer, and you got to put, you know, Carl Malone at number two somewhere, right? Or, you Uh, you know... You just you blew off five-time champion Tim Duncan just like that. Just yeah, I know, man. This is the other de- debate of where you go with, is he a power forward or a center? What do you do with Jabbar? 
uh, who yeah, but played. But it's yours. You, know, you get to choose whoever you want. 107 years in the league, you know. But you know, I'm I'm tilted. Look, I saw Carl. I saw John. We all did. And you know, you appreciate the 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 abilities of both those players, uh, despite the fact they would they they didn't want an NBA championship. You know, I'd kind of probably leave Jabbar on the side for a reason. I don't know why, but I would have to go Duncan and Malone. I like smaller ball right now, and uh, I can see Duncan at the five, Carl at the four, Jordan uh, playing where, wherever he wants. And you got to throw LeBron in that mix, too. Uh, and I think Stockton running the show would be an absolute blast as he would, uh, you know, dictate. Uh, the pace of the game and who who he delivers the ball to. They all want it, right? But it'd be small ball, power ball, three ball, inside ball, all the above. Goof ball. I think Bowler. Yeah. I think Bowler's got eight guys in his top five. Well, I gotta have a bench too. You know? <laughs> Who's your all-time bench? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, there's so many players, and that's the beauty of this discussion, man. I. TK, DJ, you guys get into it like I do. I'll stop at the grocery store. Somebody just asked me the same thing. Man, real quick, just tell me your top five. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> but it's it's hard because it's generational, right? And it's the style of play. I was talking to somebody yesterday about just the toughness of what we saw in the last dance of how much has changed from then to now about how you could just beat the hell out of each other, basically, and not even get called a foul. You saw those the, the, those Detroit games with, with Chicago. Come on. And the way Jerry Sloan played in his day and then relax at halftime with a cigarette or two, <laughs> look what we're doing today. I mean, it's it's a totally different game where you can't touch a, a player. And offense is all – it's all about offense. And the defensive side of the ball is tough to play because, you know, if you even bump or touch a player, uh, you, you know, you're going to be whistled for the foul. So – uh, times have changed, and it's going to it's going to continue to change. We're watching. Yeah, it right but now. what hasn't changed is I still like to relax afterward with a cigarette or two. <laughs> filtered or unfiltered, PK? Which one? Which one do you desire? I mean, <laughs> one of each. <laughs> one of each. <laughs> I don't even know what the difference is. <laughs> one of each, filtered and just uh, like a ready roll. That's what my granddad used to do. Man, just get the paper out, roll it up, you know, put it in the mouth, and go. So. Well, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Thanks, Bowler. Hey, guys. Good show. Good talk. I'm glad Joe woke you up. All right. Thanks, Bowler. <laughs> See you soon. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, next. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. One and two on Freddie Freeman, a base hit wins it. Pache lead at third, and the pitch on the way. Swung on, driven out to center field, and the Braves take game. One and Freddie Freeman breaks hearts in Cincinnati and scores Pache. And in 13 innings, the Braves take down the Reds one to nothing. I know a lot of people are mad. I know a lot of people don't want to see us here, but what are they going to say now? You know, we're a solid team. We play great baseball. We won a series on the road in Minnesota. 
So what are they going to say now? You don't play great baseball. You had a losing record during the short and regular season. But you beat Minnesota, who's lost 18 straight playoff games, so congratulations to Carlos Correa and the cheating Houston Astros. The Houston Asterisks. Have they surpassed the Yankees and the Patriots and Duke basketball and whoever else I can think of as the team that people love to hate? Yeah, I put the Lakers in there. Oh, the Lakers, sure. Okay, yeah. Lakers, Patriots, Yankees, Duke. Alabama football. Well, you know, there's, that's an interesting question. I don't think it could be summarized in a simple yes or no. Because, you know, cheating, what is cheating? They cheated. But are others cheating? Are they cheating the game? And how are, how are they cheating? And what are you doing in terms of cheating in terms as far as doing everything that you can to win? And what's an edge? Because didn't the Cardinals, who was it? No, was it the Astros that uh, they, they management stole stuff from the Cardinals or vice versa? Remember that story? Yeah, 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 back? you're right. You're right. It was a scouting information, wasn't yeah. it? Somebody in the front office had changed this jobs. This is not the first time the Astros have been Okay, so it was the Astros team. stealing from the Cardinals of people who had used to work for St. Louis? Is that what it was? No, they were Something current along those lines. employees of St. Louis. They and had, they, they had a password in, or they hacked into it. their database and had all their proprietary but Astros did it for the Cardinals, right? The Astros were in the wrong. Correct, yes. Yeah, okay, they were I couldn't remember on which one. Yeah. And, you know, what about the Patriots? So and that's the thing about it, man. We get outraged. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's part of the deal with all the social justice that's going on. Yeah, over here, what's happening is awful. But what about over there? And why didn't we hear stuff about the people who are out? Why, why didn't maybe he did? I don't know if he did or he didn't. But why didn't Steve Kirk comment about the, the sheriffs who were shot in Compton? And ambushed. You know, I think that so, and I'm taking this way deeper than I think you intended it. I, I understand that. Okay, but. good, because you are. <laughs> By the way, just a correction. The headline, we now know the extent of Cardinals hack and the unprecedented penalties from MLB. They had to give Houston two picks and pay the Astros $2 million. So the Cardinals ripped off so the, the Astros. So the Cardinals went at The Cardinals okay, ripped off the Astros. Okay, so it was the other way be, around. Okay. Just to be clear, yeah. that, that was FBI and Justice Department. So oh, yeah, that no, went they, deep. They had the FBI yeah. looking into Anyway, it. go ahead, PK. But, yeah, thank you. Uh, the idea of, you know, where is this? We're outraged over here for the Astros doing this. But what about, you know, the Patriots? And what else is going on that well, we sort of okay. just look the other way? And if you do stuff to your bat or if you do stuff to the ball when you're on the mound, you know, what is cheating and what is acceptable and what isn't? So a couple things. One, this goes back to what you said earlier in the show. We are all hypocritical at some level. At some level, we are all inconsistent with what we say and what we do and what we profess to believe and what we actually do. Uh, that's one. Two, I lead the way. Two, you can't be, oh, sure, we're all guilty. I'm guilty of it. Yach probably is. He went to Mountain View High. He's pretty good. No, nope, nope, Yach says he is guilty. Um, and I think that also, I don't think any of us, I, and I think we're really finding this out in 2020, none of us have the bandwidth, the stamina to be outraged about everything that is wrong. I just, I don't have that level of emotional energy. I don't, I just don't. And I don't think I'm alone. I think so. So to a certain degree, we're all going to be hypocritical because we can't be outraged about everything. You can't go out and fix everything that's wrong in the world. You do your best not to create any waves that swamp anybody else's boat. And then maybe you got the energy to go beyond that and try to, to fix something, help in some area. If you are doing more than that, congratulations, Mother Teresa. 
because that is that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of energy, and I just don't think most of us can sustain it with everything else that's going on in our life. So you that just is going to Mother Teresa. Uh, yeah, because uh, okay, yeah, okay. and and I just don't go into the details because basically because you don't want me to, because <laughs> otherwise it would. It's fascinating. And one day, I think you'll want to, but it'll be better if we do it when you want to than if we do it when you don't. Um, but having, having said that, and that comes to sports. See, I think there was a significant amount of outrage at the Astros. I don't think it has sure. subsided. Yeah. I think right. a year of them agreed, getting agreed. booed in ballparks is about what it takes. I think if you're still booing them three years down the line, it's like, that's too long. And most of the rosters turned over at that point. And, you know, you know, but a year of booing, people haven't had their chance to, you know, go at them. Now, the, the Patriots went through that. What happened, you know, Marshall Falk has been, and other Rams have been clear that they think they got cheated in a Super Bowl. And the, the Patriots have now been busted twice on the videotape thing. I think the inflated footballs, I think that was overblown. Um, but you put yourself in that situation with what you did previously, and people are like, there they go again. You know? So I think there is, and there is a gray area to cheating. You're right. Sometimes it's cute, and it's, but the video guy and the trash can, and the, that, that's not cute. That's not cute. And, and I get it. There are, you know, guys who've scuffed up baseballs, and that's been, you know, clever. Other sports will tell you baseball has a cheating culture. We don't. Like football people will tell you that. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I want to bet on what percentage of guys in football have used performance enhancing drugs. You know, the number one reason to do it is to bounce back from injuries. And what game is more physical and has more injuries than the NFL? So, uh, no. So, NFL, that's different. You get worn down by all the running. But the collisions in the NFL, maybe rugby, I don't know. I don't follow it close enough. But the NFL. If you're ever going to use it. So I really don't want to hear football people say baseball people are the steroid users. Well, yeah, they are. But come on. Football? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Dude. Dude. You know they've been cheating in football. Uh, we've talked football today. There's been news. The Steelers and Titans will not be rescheduled on Monday and Tuesday. The Titans have had more positive tests. The numbers seem to be growing every time I click on Twitter. Is and it eight players total now? Eight players total, but the word just coming in. The Vikings, all of their tests came back negative. So the pairs, this is just That's a Tennessee good. deal. Yeah. Uh, so, But Tennessee-Pittsburgh could be play Week 7 on the Titans by week if they take the Steelers' Week 7 game, the Ravens, and move it back to Week 8 when they both have bye weeks. So I assume that will get done, but the NFL hasn't... Uh, NFL has not confirmed that yet, but uh, it was remember Kalani when he was talking about, I can look at the schedules like the rest of you and figure we could play Army there or we could play him there. Well, I think that's basically what's happening in the NFL. Is Agreed. Everybody's looking at the schedules and going, well, you can just do this. Yeah, and Tom added to it when he came on with you guys and said, you know what, you may look like an opening, but there's also conversations that are... Other people are trying to fill openings, yes. and there are games that have been scheduled and haven't been announced yet. But I think the scheduled and announced was more for the future. Future, and this is a little different. This, this is, is a little different this year. But uh, we, we had Brian Keel on, the former Cougar linebacker, and, and he was talking about how he thinks BYU is going undefeated this year, and everybody's currently scheduled should be beaten by the Cougars. Now, he did leave the door open. Obviously, maybe Army comes back on the schedule. Maybe Boise State's on the schedule. Maybe somebody else is on the schedule. So you've got to set those games aside. But the ones that are scheduled, and when we played him the clip of uh, 
Skip Holtz, Louisiana Tech coach, on our show talking about how they lost seven guys out of the secondary, not just all their starters, but they had backups too. And you were talking about a couple guys going to the NFL, PK. And in the fourth uh, round. So, yes. So it's like, well, BYU ought to score 40 or 50 points in this game. It's really, whether they get to 50 or not, I think is going to come down to um, how much Louisiana Tech's able to score on BYU. Not just offensively, but do they get a short field or special teams scores or something? Because if they get to 20, then the offense has a green light to just keep throwing the ball and. They don't have to take the foot off the gas, take starters out of the game. If they, if they do what they did to Navy and Troy, at some point you've got to take your foot off the gas. Well, I think there's going to be a great opportunity for BYU to win all these games, mm-hmm. and then each team is going to have an opportunity to administer a loss and ruin BYU's perfect season. They'll get their crack, including Boise State. Aha! Well done! Should I say it, Yach, or are you going to find it? Well, I know, but it takes your time with the new system. You're so slow, I don't know. You used to be so quick. I mean, obviously, Boise State has their crack. There it is. <laughs> Look into your crystal balls, to... Yawk, and see what's going to oh, happen. Here we are. are we really going to do this <laughs> no, now? No, we aren't, because you can't find them. you got to get better. Actually, no, so I actually... You've been working at it? I have a whole page of all of these drops. It says... DJ and PK DJ drops. It's a whole page. <laughs> so do you have now. another page that's just PK singing? I will create I that. I kissed a girl and I... I'm working on these slowly but surely. Okay. Because I had all these pages built on the old system. Right. So for those of you who don't know, we had the earthquake. There was a power surge. The thing got fried. We had temporary setups here for weeks, but they have come in and rebuilt everything. But that's meant Yak has to reorganize everything. P.S. The new system. Blame it on the Magna earthquake. The new system is awesome, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. It is? Big time upgrade. It's just going to take, take a minute to get it all built back all right. up. There you go. All right, other stuff we talked about. Okay, the weirdest story of the day, because the weird is always very newsworthy, PK, is the weirdest story of the day that San Jose State is traveling to Humboldt State, 320 miles north, to practice because they can't be in a group larger than 12 in Santa Clara County. And so they're going to leave Friday and remain at Humboldt State until the county approves the return to play plan. And they can still be student athletes because everybody's taking everything online anyway. Yeah. I didn't know San Jose State was that dedicated to football. I thought they might throw their hands up and go, "Eh, never mind, we can't do it. Well, that's kind of cool that they're doing that. They're into it. It's like the Cowboys going to Oxnard. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. I saw this on uh, Twitter last night, and I'd been to Humboldt State one time. Their football field is basically in a forest. It's actually very cool. It's a really, I mean, it's small. It's, you know, they're playing D2 football, and so, you know, it's, it's nothing fancy. It's a glorified high school field. But the way it sits in the forest is really cool. And so I put out a photo of it, and uh, immediately, immediately, our audience is swarming with, there's a lot of weed in Humboldt. <laughs> I think they should have gone to Santa Barbara City College. It's right on the ocean. Oh, right across from Ledbetter Beach, La Playa Stadium. It's, a, it's like a uh, kind of a Cliff Hillside deal, and they basically put a grandstand on one side of the field but not the other. I've covered games there. Yeah, I broadcast games there. They used to put high school playoff games there all the time, plus City College obviously plays there. Yeah. So it's a really cool deal. You just sit there and you look out of the ocean right across the field. There's, no, there's nothing on the other side to block it. There's nobody on the far right. side if of the field. Right, if you're going to get blasted by 40, you might as well have an ocean view. Right? You could, <laughs> PK, you could stand on that field – Punt the ball over that 20-foot chain-link fence. I don't think you could get it into the water, but you could get it onto the sand. There's a road you got to kick it across, but you could do it. It's that close to the beach. 
I want to be on the sand. Yeah. I didn't, the games that I covered there, I didn't pay attention at all. <laughs> You're just staring out at the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an awesome chunk of real estate. You're like, how did they end up with a city college and a football field here? Because there should be like gazillion dollar homes all over this hillside. Yeah. I was just mesmerized by the waves. Yeah. That's the original UC Santa Barbara campus. It was there when it was like Santa Barbara Teachers College or whatever. And then they moved out where they are, and City College filled in. There you go. There's your Santa Barbara history for the day. All right, well, we're delaying the obvious. we got to recap game one of the NBA Finals for people here. And it, there isn't much to recap. It wasn't much of a game. The Heat dominated for about five or six minutes. They were up 23-10. to 10, And then the Lakers flipped the switch. And they annihilated the Heat really as fast as one NBA team can blot another. I mean, they went from down 13 to in the lead at the end of the quarter and up 17 at the half, and it completely felt like it was over. If you yeah. went off and watched the baseball playoffs, I'll bet at least half the audience went with you. You know, Laker fans didn't. They wanted to stay there and just watch their guys just, you know, just crush the heat. And I did flip back and forth, and I missed my, I don't know what they said at halftime. I didn't see any at halftime. But I flipped back, and I did time it well, and I saw the first couple minutes. PK went to 20, and it went to 25, just boom, boom. Like two minutes in, it was at 20. Four minutes in, it was at 25. It was so over. They were just running them off the floor. And the fact that Adebayo left with an injury and Dragic left with an injury, it's like, try to write, I guess if Butler rolled his ankle, but he stayed in the game, but try to write a worse script for Miami. I mean, it was a terrible night for the Heat. I cracked on the Laker bench, and I thought the game changed immediately on uh, Caldwell Pope, hit a couple threes, and yeah. that was it. Over. Gone. Goodbye. Done. I, I, don't, I don't have uh, a whole lot of faith in this thing going long. No. And I think there's real um, incentive now. All the players, I mean, these guys have now been in the bubble more than two months. And so I think everybody's ready to go home. And it's like, hey, the better we play, the faster we win. Oh, the other thing is LeBron in his postgame said something. I can't remember how it came up exactly. But the gist of it was basically, we're not taking our foot off the gas. We're not taking anything for granted. I still remember being up 2-0 when I was in Miami. We were up 2-0 on the Mavericks. And we bleeped up and lost the series. And boy, it's like, it still bugs him every day or every night, he said. And so, one of the worst bets I ever lost personally in that series. So, yeah, I just don't see him allowing them to flinch. He wants out of the bubble. He doesn't want to blow another lead. Uh, they, they have not swept anybody. It's been three five game series to this point. But I think he wants to sweep and he wants to get out of there and go home. Well, I know he wants to sweep. Everybody wants to sweep. DJ and PK, that is some of the stuff we have been talking about today. Stay with us. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Cougar great Rob Morris. Put yourself in the place of one of these athletes going through this. Maybe the schedule for BYU isn't as good as it was, but would you appreciate the work Tom Homo's done to get games scheduled so you could at least play? Yeah, for sure. Players want to play, right? Put the teams in front of you. You just want to play ball, right? And you've waited your whole life. A lot of these guys, or maybe it's your senior year. So it's tough. There's a lot of back and forth. Should we be playing? Should we not be playing? But it seems like they've kind of figured out a way to do it safely. And so as a player, yeah, yeah, I think you just want to play. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK. 
We are brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. All right. Time for a little uh, feedback, all the stuff we've been talking about on today's show. We got people uh, tweeting at us about a, uh, a bunch of uh, different stuff. One of them is... Uh, the, I put out this, the, the post-game stuff with uh, LeBron talking about how irritated he still is to this day about the uh, blowing the 2-0 lead to the Mavericks. And I don't think the Heat should count on them taking anything, the Lakers taking anything for granted, the Lakers taking a foot off the gas. That has gotten a bunch of likes. I think a lot of people looked at game one and thought, yep, this isn't very interesting. The Lakers are going to win this in four or five. They are going to drop the hammer on these guys. Worst case scenario for a lot of Jazz fans and fans around the West who are sick of the Lakers winning, but uh, that looks like where we're headed. It does, yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, I've also put out a uh, the photo this morning that is supposed to be of the moment of uh, Babe Ruth pointing at center field, calling his shot in the World Series, the Yankees and the Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, and I, I put it at Steve Clark. I didn't know if he'd ever seen it, and he says he hasn't seen it. He says he's a little leery of it, though, because the authenticity of the picture, he says it looks like it came from the same camera that takes all of the Bigfoot photos. You know, I really can't generate any emotion on that one, though. I don't know if this great moment in history has been documented. You don't care if it's been documented. I don't. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else do we have wandering out here uh, from the people? Uh, we have a lot of NFL schedule makers who are tweeting back at us about the uh, the Titans and the Steelers who want to see that game and uh, are all fired up for it. Uh, guys, it's going to fit right here in Week 7 and 8. Yep. Okay. We got it. They're probably going to play at Week 7 with the Ravens and Steelers moving to Week 8, and that'll be big back-to-back games for the Steelers. You know what we haven't heard anything about? We've heard, we haven't heard anything about the old Thursday night football game. The 0-3 Jets and the 0-3 Broncos. Give me a worse game. Uh, 0-4 Jets and 0-4 Broncos. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) You asked. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, We're still getting a a lot of feedback on the Heat's Myers. Leonard was the only player to stand for the National Anthem for Game 1 of the Finals. What do you think of him getting lit up for it on social media? Uh, Matty, can all of you haters who support the president and hate players for taking these stop chiming in now? It's laughable that now I want to cry about people not respecting this player and his choices. He should be able to stand, take a knee, whatever he wants. Now you understand why everyone who has supported the players taking a knee have been trying to tell you. It's their choice. Stop flip-flopping snowflakes and respect people's choices. Whether they choose to stand or take a knee. Okay, you can respect it, though, and still vehemently disagree, can't you? Uh, vehemently disagree. I think you can. Maybe that's a that's a pretty fine needle to thread right there. I I, I don't think it is could, but I think most people who vehemently disagree don't respect it. I'll fight for Donovan Mitchell's right to voice his opinion on these issues. I don't necessarily agree with some, any, or none, whatever for uh, some, many, any, use. all right. But I I stand by his right to be able to voice his opinion. I just wish there'd be some follow-ups. What do you know about this that the Attorney General doesn't know? Whatever it might be. That's my thing, is there's never any follow-up. They just put it out there, and that, it's like a be-all, end-all. Yeah. But the right to do it? 
particularly when it's on it's not on the job. Now the NBA has sanctioned them doing it on the job, so that makes it okay. Now you may disagree with the NBA sanctioning them to be able to do it on the job. There is no way in the world I would ever do that myself. I haven't paid one freaking bit of anything for my freedom, and I owe it to the people who have. Now, if you disagree with that, that's your call, but that's what I believe. And if somebody else doesn't believe that, that's their call too. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're out of time. Scotty and Hands are next. Stay with us.